Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. What's going on here? The weekend. The weekend. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Friday. For most people, Friday is just a day before the weekend. I can't wait to the end of the week when I rap into the rhythm of a groovy beat. It is Friday. Right? Better mouth for dinner on a Friday night. I'm hosting a party on Friday. Friday, Saturday, Saturday, to Sunday. What about Friday? on this Friday, it's Bob and Sherry. Did you guys happen to see, they just released the, the most popular jobs on the planet Earth. These are the, the jobs, the 20 jobs people search for and try to get hired for the most all around the world. Did you guys see this? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Um, we'll go through them really quick. We'll start at 20. Psychologist, attorney, lawyer, judge, firefighter, flight attendant, professor, doctor. That's the um, 13 through 20. And those are all really great, important, noble professions. Once again, because mm-hmm. it's it's about to change, okay? Mm-hmm. Psychologist, attorney, lawyer, we're, we're, judge. We're going to get firefighter. some entertainment. <laughs> we sure are. Firefighter, flight attendant, professor, doctor. Okay. Now we're at the 12th position. Plan, the people of planet Earth in the number 12 spot is blogger. Number 11 is DJ. <laughs> no, that can't be. It is. Now they mean club DJ. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't mean the kind of DJ you're thinking of, but the fact that DJ is number 11 and firefighter is number 16 kind of tells you it's a snapshot of where the people of earth are right now. Now we mm-hmm. are at the top 10. And it does my heart good to report to you that the 10th most desired job on earth is teacher. Oh good. Is it, it really it good? Cut, it cut yeah. DJ and blogger. Does that yeah. not give you some hope for humanity? Number nine, singer. Number eight, computer programmer. Now is where, go ahead and get Kleenex because you're going to need to blot your tears. Is it an influencer? <laughs> it's influencer, yeah. Yeah, it's number seven influencer. And And hey, that's not even the worst, okay? Number six is actor. And now we're at the top five most desired jobs by the people of the planet earth. Number five, entrepreneur. All right. It could be a drug deal. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say that's, that's quite a uh, net that's been cast with that word. Number four, most desired job on planet earth. (sighs) YouTuber. (laughs) Oh, wow. It cuts doctor, it cuts wow. teacher, it cuts firefighter, lawyer, judge, professor, it cuts DJ, influencer, and blogger. Number four is YouTuber. All right, now we are at the top three most desirable jobs on planet Earth. Anybody want to guess? <clears throat> um, let me see. Top three. Um, Podcaster. 
podcaster. No, that's, that's not a even good one. That was 20. a good one, though, because yeah. everybody. Wants I'm surprised. To do that. I'm surprised. That didn't even make the top twenty. Max, you got a guess? You know, I I think reality TV star is too. It's too passe now. It that didn't make the top twenty either. I guess that's another reason to feel hopeful for the fate of mankind. Um, the number three most desirable job. Now, keep in mind, this is the whole planet. This isn't just America. So you have to factor all these different cultures and places. Restaurant tour. Restaurant tour. Uh-uh. No, that's not on, that's not in the top twenty at all. Um, Bob, in a in a on a planet where folks want to be DJs, bloggers, and influencers and YouTubers, yeah. who the yeah. hell wants to work seven days a week, eighteen hours a day? Excuse you. Only only is, fans. Only fans. Performer. Number three is dancer, which is very interesting. It cuts okay. actor and singer. That surprised me. But again, you know, you're looking at the whole world. Okay, the number two most desirable job on the planet Earth is writer. And now you must guess the number one most searched for, sought after job on Earth. Writer kind of surprised me there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I see the appeal. I've known people that wanted to be writers and – you know, have a small Cape Cod house somewhere with a studio and be left the hell alone, send in their manuscript and get their money. But um, can you give us any hint? It's a very glamorous job, but it used to be more glamorous than it is now. Now it's a little bit more of a grind and um, maybe not psychologist. as awesome as it once was. Psychologist. psychologist was already. I think that was That's already number 20. 20. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and by the way, this job, not just anybody can do it. In fact, it requires so much training and skill and intelligence and natural ability. So this isn't a job that just anybody could luck into and do. Cave spelunker. Difficult. A spelunker in a cave. Veterinarian? <laughs> uh-uh. The number one job that's searched for the most on planet Earth is pilot. Oh. Is it Really? It yeah, is. I know okay. you're shocked. Yeah. You're shocked. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's a, there's a certain glamour to it. There are different types of pilots, not just commercial pilots flying people around, but you've got bush pilots flying around in the Alaskan wilderness and uh, the door is off looking for bears or whatever. Yeah, I could, I could see how that would be appealing to some people. Do you know, do you know that you just described a drug ad? I forget what it's for. It might be a, uh, is it Omerta? No, Omerta is, that, is, is the code of silence that we take in the mafia. <laughs> no, but it's... <laughs> Ozembic? It might be Ozembic. It, it's something like... I can never remember those names. But in their commercial, guess what they have? A DJ. They have a pilot. And what else do they have? Uh, uh, and a dancer. All in the same ad. Yeah, so whoever was doing the research on that... You know, probably got it right. Boy, some of the, some of the top ones like influencer and all of that. What's that's a long shot, you know? When you narrow it down, like if you look at South America just by itself, the number one job is business person. Uruguay, the number one job is YouTuber. Africa, the number one job is soccer coach. Um, when you go to like. Uh, Parts of Asia, the number one job is poet. So they, you know, they're, it just, it's all like cultural poet. Like nobody in America is like, 
going, I think I can make a living as a poet. I'd like to be a poet. No I am one. a poet. Not but not make a living one. As a I can't poet. imagine there's a lot of money in that. I, I can't it, either. It's just so fun when you look at the way that, you know, people think where, where you grow up and what your influences are. Mm-hmm. But at least YouTuber is not the number one most desirable job in the world. Doesn't they're not going to help you sleep better tonight? Come on, you know it will. You know it will. No, just just that they're on there is disturbing. However, that said, if I were 19 years old and I'm reading about YouTubers who are knocking down a million dollars a month or whatever, why would I not be attracted exactly. to do something like that? We've got the People's Movie Critic coming up today. He is reviewing Tom Hanks in A Man Called Otto. It's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. So no matter where you live in the United States, you probably have heard about the Murdoch uh, trial, which is going on now and is televised. Uh, Let me just give you the background if you haven't followed any of it. Murdoch, who was indicted by a grand jury in July, denies two counts of murder and two counts of possession of a weapon in connection with the deaths of his wife and son. The trial is taking place in the Colleton County Courthouse in uh, Walterboro, a sleepy rural town 50 miles west of Charleston in a low-lying region of South Carolina over which the Murdoch family has wielded immense judicial and political power. Probably the most powerful family in that region for decades. Indeed, in the courtroom where Murdoch faces judgment, a portrait of his late grandfather, legendary longtime circuit solicitor Buster Murdoch Jr., had hung on the wall. It was removed ahead of this trial. Well, of course it was. How freaky is that? You're you're uh, up for murder of your wife and your son. You walk in, and on the wall is your grandfather. Prosecutor Waters described how Murdoch uh, shot Paul in the feed room of their hunting property around 10 before 9 p.m. First with buckshot in the chest and shoulder, and then a second shot to the head, causing catastrophic damage. He said moments later, Murdoch picked up an AR-15-style rifle loaded with 300 uh, blackout ammunition. I don't know what that is. And shot his wife, Maggie, twice in the lower body and twice in the head, killing her. Waters added that the victims never saw it coming. They were shot at close range. They did not have defensive wounds. Waters, um, let's see, where are we? Told jurors. Uh, Murdoch claims he was not there and at the family's dog kennels when the murders happened. But Waters said data from cell phones are going to show otherwise. The prosecutor stressed that phone records will be critical in the case and the jury will hear that the Murdochs were prolific cell phone users. Waters added that body cam footage and audio records of statements from the night of the murders will play a key role in the trial. Watch those closely. Watch the expressions. Listen to what he's saying and what he's not saying, the prosecutor said. Waters said Maggie was killed by a family weapon. And by the way, when the police arrived, uh, he did not have tears in his eyes after finding out exactly, you know, from them what they said happened. That's one of the things law enforcement um, looks for, like, is your authentic emotional reaction. I've seen mm -hmm. police interrogation room videos where someone's Mm -hmm. like, I just can't believe he's gone. 
And then mm-hmm. they look up and their face is dry. And it's, it's dry. just like a big giant act. So yeah. um, the a British newspaper pounced on the surviving Murdoch, Buster, um, when he was leaving the home he shares with his girlfriend in Hilton Head in South Carolina and said, are you supporting your father? Can we presume you're supporting your father? And Buster Murdoch said, quote, you can presume nothing. I don't want to see it written anywhere that I'm supporting my father. And now, so that's a wild card right now, isn't it? He, he's, he's in the uh, courtroom, by the way, yeah, when this trial I, is going on. When I, when I try to even imagine what it's like to be him, to, have, to be sitting in a courtroom, your father ki- accused of murdering your mother and your brother. I, the, uh, it's just beyond. Yeah. And greed. You know, it's always greed. It's just greed and pettiness and jealousy and resentment. And I'm not going to, because it's early in the day, I'm not going to describe to you the forensics of the crime scene. Oh, it's those horrific. Victims, those victims may not have had defensive wounds. Right. But Mrs. Murdoch um, was on her knees with one arm outreached, like, mm-hmm. like you might be begging for your life. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have nothing for this guy. I got nothing. Yeah. Trial is going on, and uh, it's uh, it's being televised. It's something to see. All right, straight ahead, we got morons in the news. This is Bob and Sherry. Morons in the news, brought to you by Lowe's. Shop in store or online at Lowe's.com. We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. Okay, hold on to something. I'm sorry about in advance some of the uh, details of this story here. Fort Myers, Florida. Fort Myers police are searching for a pooping perpetrator caught on camera breaking into a Joe's Crab Shack a few days ago. According to a Fort Myers Police Department Facebook post, the incident happened about 2.30 in the morning. The place obviously was closed. Police say the alleged suspect stole several items, including alcohol, and then defecated on the floor of Joe's Crab Shack before he left. And please don't make a joke about their name based on what this guy did, because it's not Joe's fault. It's Joe's Crab Shack is a very nice place. And listen to this. After he did that, after he took the alcohol and did what I told you he did, he snatched a Joe's Crab Shack hat off of a shelf and wore it around as he went through the restaurant. Now, they got some pretty good video. They've got to be able to get this guy sooner or later. I'll tell you who I'd be looking for. I'd be looking for a disgruntled former employee. That's where I'd because start, of, yeah. Because of what he did. Sending a disgusting message, but a message nonetheless. Sherry? You, you know, if they can't find him through the surveillance video, they can do DNA. Yeah. DNA, And if, yeah. he's, in, if he's in any of the, t- like, 23andMe or Ancestry or has any yeah, prior criminal yeah. record, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, there's hey, a, there's a DNA way. scene you don't see on CSI. <laughs> you know say, what I mean? Who, that, whose job is it? Yeah. Just wondering. Yeah. You don't see that on CSI. Today's moron of the day is 40-year-old Casey Brazali. So she was in a convenience store, a sitco convenience store, when a clerk approached her and accused her of shoplifting. And Casey just wasn't going to have that. So mm-hmm. she shoved past the clerk to get to the door 
and then battered the employee with two Slim Jims that she was stealing. The clerk was not injured in the Slim Jim attack. <laughs> and police did not seize the beef sticks. And I think that's a general, descri- a generous way of describing a Slim Jim. The beef stick as evidence. Um, after they read Casey her rights, she admitted that she had gone all kinds of Florida woman justice on the employee with the Slim Jims. She was accused of stealing the Slim Jims. She didn't deny trying to steal the Slim Jims. She beat someone with the Slim Jims and confessed to all of it. And I have a feeling that when Casey gets an attorney, the attorney's going to want to explain to her why she has the right to remain silent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't take the stand. Don't and do that it. Is, that is more hunts in the news for today. Coming up next, the most beautiful men have in the world have something in common. And it has to do with math. Plus, we have the People's Movie Critic looking at A Man Called Otto starring Tom Hanks. We have comedian Adam Yenser and how to get you a job as a professional cutter. Happy Friday. It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. An internationally renowned cosmetic surgeon has released his list of the 10 most beautiful men on earth according to the golden ratio with the golden ratio and they use computer mapping to do it so it's precise they measure the length of the face and the width of the face and the ratio is a a beautiful person their face should be 1.5 times longer than it is wide and then they make more measurements between the eyes to the bottom of the nose the nose to the bottom of the chin and they come up with these numbers and the more equal the numbers are the more perfectly beautiful the man is. So, in first place, the most beautiful man in the world is the actor Reggae Jean Page, a.k.a. the Duke of Hastings from Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. Well, he is an extremely handsome man. I would would kill someone with my hands for him. That's how hot I think he is. In second Mm. place, we have Chris Hemsworth, Thor, Michael Jordan is in third place. And by the way, the difference in points, it's very, very tight. Like, it's fractions of a point. Fourth place is Harry Styles. Fifth place is a soccer player named Jude Bellingham. Sixth place is Robert Pattinson. Seventh place, Chris Evans. That's Captain America. Eighth place, George Clooney. Ninth place, Henry Golden. Crazy Rich Asians, if you're trying to think where you know the name from. And in the number 10 spot, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. And what yeah. was interesting about George Clooney being in the eighth spot, the um, doctor said, this is a sign of how beautiful George Clooney is. Because as we age, you know, your face loses volume and gravity and stuff starts to sag. And like, we all get older. If, you don't, if you're not getting older, it's because you're dead, right? And he said, the fact that George Clooney can hold a spot in the top 10 yeah. as an older gentleman shows right. you how damn beautiful he was to start with. His so, genes are amazing. I mean I mean his his aunt was like a big sing Rosemary Clooney was a big singing star and actress back in the 1950s. So I mean he comes by it legitimately. Yeah, you can't argue. I mean as a guy, I can't argue with those guys. They're all incredible. For those of us that are big Duke of Hastings fan, I can't even watch Bridgerton. He's not in it. Where's the Duke? The most beautiful man in the world. Can we get an amen? Amen. It's Bob and Sherry.
Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic and his review of Tom Hanks in A Man Called Otto. Hey, Lamar. Hey. You know, this movie is an American version of the Swedish movie A Man Called Ove, which was based on a book by Frederick Bachman. So, what is the difference? Tom Hanks. Because just as no dish cannot be improved by adding bacon and butter, there's no movie that cannot be made better by adding Tom Hanks. He brings something to the table every time. Now, when we first meet Otto, who's played by Hanks, he comes across as this grumpy old man in the neighborhood who enforces all the HOA rules. Every morning, he checks all the cars that are parked for parking permits. He makes sure all the recyclables are in the correct recycling bins. And he makes sure nobody is doing anything wrong. But we soon find out that he has been totally devastated by the death of his wife, Sonia, who is played by Rachel Keller in flashbacks. Now, he's so overwhelmed by grief that he wants to take his own life so that he can be with her. The problem is, he's terrible at suicide. And this dark situation is really dealt with using compassion and understanding, but it also has just the right touch of humor for everything to work. Now, the turning point for Otto is when some new neighbors rents the house across the street. Now, the family consists of a husband and a wife, along with their two little girls. Marisol, the mother, played by Marina Trevino, she is a spitfire of positive energy who sees right through Otto's gruff exterior straight to his heart. She is such a force, Otto is forced to start living in spite of his grief. Now, the movie is two hours and six minutes. It's rated PG-13 for language and the subject of suicide. But now, the flashbacks of young Otto and Sonia are what let us feel the tremendous sadness that Otto has. Tom Hanks' son Truman plays young Otto, and seeing how the two met and how they fell in love and the life they had forces you to experience the gut-wrenching grief of the adult Otto. And let me go ahead and warn you, if you go as a couple, you got to be prepared to cry into your popcorn. Because watching this set beside Carla, I was a blubbering mess. We're both just sitting there boohooing. And the thing is, the sadness that is brought by the flashbacks is balanced by the comedy that's in the present. Otherwise, the movie would not be enjoyable. And it was very enjoyable. And I truly cannot say enough about Tom Hanks. I know we say this all the time, but 
His ability to take a character and understand it from every possible angle, 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 and become that character. Everything he does is so understated, which is why it never looks like he's acting. With the almost unnoticeable movement of his brow and then a very slight sigh, you can feel the hollow emptiness of the loss of his wife, and he has not uttered a word. I mean, it's tremendous to watch him work. But the real surprise in this movie is Mariana Trevino. She's an award-winning actress from Mexico, and I can only imagine that playing uh, opposite Tom Hanks, it's gotta be intimidating. But if it was, she didn't show it. Not only did she hold her own, but in quite a few scenes, she stole it from Hanks, and the movie was Mm. better for it. Now, Mm. instead of recommending this movie, which I do, I'm just gonna say for the record, from this point on, I don't care what it's about, I don't care who else is in it. If there's a movie at a theater or it's streaming online or it's a TV show or an infomercial, if it has Tom Hanks in it, you just need to go see it. (laughs) And what I'll do is if if he finally makes something that's not great, I'll let you know. But until then, just go see it. My score on this is five Budweiser's. It was awesome. It really was awesome. I I agree with you and your uh, assessment of Tom Hanks' acting ability. I was so ticked off when I would see comments about, can you believe Tom Hanks as Colonel Parker? He was, it was yes. ridiculous. And, that you know, the fat suit, uh, what was he doing with that? Shut up. He did a great no. job as Colonel Parker. He I bet he does a good job with this. He's, he yeah. may go down as the goat, the greatest of all time. I'm just, he's yeah. just unbelievable. No matter what, he's unbelievable. Yeah. It was yeah. great. Very good. It was great. All right, stay right there. We'll be right back with more of Lamar. Don't go away, folks. It's Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. We are back with the people's movie critic, the one, the only Lamar. Let, let me ask you, you watch so many movies and so many TV shows. I want to get your take on this. Um, right. I've given up watching a lot of news coverage because I just... I can't take it anymore. And my wife is tired of me, you know, watching it. And she said, you got to get into, you know, there's so many movies now. So we started watching, I think it's on Netflix, this thing called Three Pines. And it's about a murder in a province in Canada in a village, very quaint looking small village in Canada in the winter. And it's a French province. So some of it's in uh, subtitles in French and most of it's in English. And the detective is a very cool guy. He's about 58 years old. And he has been sent there from probably Toronto to figure out these murders. And he's got a couple of sidekicks that he meets there, uh, a woman and, uh, and another detective, a younger guy. And so it's very eerie and the characters are very strange. And we watched the first episode. Then it said, next episode about to start in 10 seconds. I went, okay, let's watch another one. And here's another one. And I went, oh, okay. And it's very, very heavy and slow. I went, okay, I got to know who the murderer is. And then another one's going to come on in 10 or 12 seconds. We watched three of them. And I said, I got to go to bed. We came Are y'all back being held hostage night. in your living room? Is somebody got you tied yes. up? You can't reach yes. the remote? <laughs> I, well, I, I, I've invested my time in this. <laughs> we both have. So we come back the next night, and I'm going, this has got to be the payoff here. Episode, no. 
I find out there's like eight or nine of these episodes before I find out who the murderer is. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, if Netflix just said, Hey, we had to send all of these people up there, our crew, and we had to put them up and it cost a lot of, we got to get nine episodes out of this thing. None of this one hour and 15 minutes we need. And I think it's just being milked and milked and milked to make you come back. Are you experiencing that sort of thing as I am? No, no, I'm not. Because here's what I do. Here's how I pick a Netflix show. I'm flipping across there and I see the what would be the cover of the video, whatever. And I'm like, okay, this yeah, is interesting. Yeah. I pull up the description and I'm intrigued. Then I reach over and I hit that thing that says episodes. Okay. If it right. says eight, nine, ten episodes, now right. we got to weigh this out. Because yeah. you can get trapped in that. You can get trapped in that. And I promise yeah. you, if you're not excited by the middle of the second episode, right. you are going to be distraught at the end because it's it's only going to go downhill. Because once you've went that far, there's nothing that they can do to give you a resolution that's going to be worth your amount of time. But what I, I hear what you're saying, but what I, what I'm saying to myself at for the second episode, things are, you know, I kind of, they're setting it up. Okay. So it's going to get really good because they're just setting it up now. But then I'm four or five in and I'm going, oh, come mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. catch the freaking mm-hmm. killer, will you? All right. Once you get to that point, skip to the last one and watch the last episode and go on with your life. You can't. No, 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 That's no, what I'm no. thinking. Is that is that but, wrong? Is that wrong? Just skip no, to the last one to wrong. find out who it the is killer is. Wrong. It seems shallow on my part. It seems shallow. Listen, has anybody watched Manifest? No. Only, no, oh, but no. I've I've meant to. I've meant to. I just well, haven't started it. I watched the first couple of episodes with Carla, and she really got into it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not doing this. I'm not. The acting is terrible. You know, I'm not doing this. So then uh-huh. I come back in, like in the third season, and she's watching it. And I sort of get hooked. And she's excited. She goes, I got you. I got you. I said, no, you don't have me. I said, you do not have me. I said, I'm going to watch this episode with you. And I said, I might come back five episodes later. I'm not watching all of this because it's just too much. It's too much. Well, you know, know, it's the rare show that I don't stick with. I can get Kevin to watch an episode and a half of something. And if by the 1.5 episode mark, there aren't um, guns being drawn or people getting naked. He's like, what are we doing here? And I'm like, Kev, not everything can be dog day afternoon, okay? Like sometimes, or the Sopranos, sometimes, oh, look, this is something else. And God help us if there's a supernatural, paranormal, or extraterrestrial element anywhere near it, he won't. (laughs) But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Whatever he says, I know he's going to fall asleep 20 minutes in. So what I'll do is I'll put on something he thinks he likes, and then I'll just keep one eye on him. And as soon as I see his eyes starting to close, I flip right on over to whatever alien show of the week I'm into. We'll get on with it. Life's too Mary, short to watch Mary, something Mary you don't want to watch. Actually, I am not lying. I'm not making this up. She did that to me. I wasn't watching the uh, Three Pines, but I was watching something else, and I was sort of nodding off. Surreptitiously, she put on The Bachelor. At the moment, he's giving the rose to the That's women. what we do. Yeah, that's what I we do. I woke up and I went, oh, no, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this. <laughs> you know what, though? All right. You should be thankful because, as I have learned from Dateline, um, some women, when your back is turned, they put antifreeze in your iced tea. 
Yeah. So all you're yeah. doing is watching The Bachelor. It could be yeah. so I'm, much oh, worse. Oh, I should be so grateful. I know. <laughs> that it wasn't agonizing, though. Yeah, that it wasn't Five buds. Yep. Five buds for a man called Otto. Next, comedian Adam Yenser. Thank you, People's Movie Critic. This is Bob and Sherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code BobandSherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash BobandSherry22. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comic Adam Yenser. Done a lot of hiking this last year. I went to Joshua Tree a lot because I live in Los Angeles. And uh, I don't do drugs, but I found out whenever you go to Joshua Tree from Los Angeles, people always say the same thing. They go, you have to do mushrooms. Joshua Tree is beautiful on mushrooms. Which sounds like this amazing experience at first, but you know what else is beautiful on mushrooms? Your garage. (laughs) Or the bathroom at a Wendy's. Everywhere is beautiful on mushrooms. Joshua Tree is not doing the heavy lifting there. You'd be like, oh, you have to see the back seat of my car. It's beautiful this time of year on mushrooms. The whole selling point of Joshua Tree should be exactly the opposite. She'd be like, you have to go to Joshua Tree. It's so beautiful, you don't even have to do mushrooms. No one has ever told me anything like that about other national parks. No one's ever been like, oh, you have to go to Arches and do meth. Although I'm sure some people have if you've driven down that way. <laughs> I love visiting in the national parks. You know, they're, they're beautiful. They showcase, like, the wonders of nature that God created for us, which is amazing. I don't know if God would be happy with, like, what we've done with the national parks. You know, like, arches, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, I made all these beautiful stone arches for you. What do you call this area? And we're like, that's the devil's garden. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and... What about all these mountains and canyons I made for you in California? And we're like, Devil's Post Pile, Devil's Punch Bowl, Devil's Canyon, Devil's Backbone. (laughs) He's like, and and the rock formation I made in Wyoming? You call it the the Lord's Hill or Mount Jesus. And we're like, no, that's the Devil's Tower. (laughs) He's like, didn't you name anything after me? It's like, well, in Colorado, we have an area called Garden of the Gods. He's like, well, you tried, but you made it plural, like I specifically asked you not to. (laughs) The only one we named after anything in the Bible is Joshua Tree, and we just use it to do mushrooms. I'm excited for international travel to open up again. The last trip I took, I went to Africa for the first time. It was amazing. It was one of the most amazing trips I've ever been on. But it was the first trip where I had to take medication before I went. I got these uh, malaria pills, and it said on the bottle, take one pill by mouth daily. I was like, you don't have to put by mouth on there. The default place, anyone puts pills. No one guesses another hole first. No one ever gets a bottle of Tylenol and is like, hmm, doesn't say where they go. I know where I'm going to stick these. The only time you have to put instructions on the pill bottle is when they don't go in your mouth. That's when it has to say, take one pill, but I'm not taking these pills. I'd rather get malaria. That is comedian Adam Yenser. We'll post that up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. 
You also find the People's Movie Critic up there if you missed him today. And you can subscribe to our newsletter. We never spam you. It goes out once a month. Lots of cool content, prizes, all sorts of neat stuff. B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. This is Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Most people hear about the breakups of famous couples or bands via the Internet, not via television or radio. It's, It's somebody posting it on the Internet. And I've got a collection of the biggest split ups of the last 10 years. See if you agree with this. And here we go. I'm going to give you number one last, of course. Uh, In here is Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin's Conscious Uncoupling. Chris and Bruce Jenner, now Caitlyn Jenner. Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth. Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez. That was back in 2012. These are all within 10 years. Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield breaking up. Some of these people, you forget that uh, they were a couple. Uh, Let's see who else. Kylie Jenner and Tyga are in there. Also, I'm just. God, I forgot she ever. Kylie. She's been with Travis Scott for so long, although they're off again, that I, I forgot she ever dated anybody else. Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson. Actually, Pete Davidson should be here about a half a dozen times. Over and over. Yeah, he should get like an award for uh, showing up on this thing. And who do you think people uh, were most surprised or upset over when they split up? Oh, wow. Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. Oh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt. I would have said you know, Brad part of why, You know why I was upset when they split up? One, they had six kids. Two, yeah. all of that heartbreak for poor Jennifer Aniston for nothing. All I of know, that was for I nothing. Know. I would have put Jennifer Aniston uh, uh, breaking up with Brad Pitt before Angelina, despite the children and all. I think people were more upset that this perfect Hollywood Clearly, couple, yeah. You know, that, that seemed just you. so right for each other. And, uh, and finally, the uh, split that really upset people was One Direction splitting up in 2015. <laughs> we all, we all took it hard. <laughs> we did. <laughs> this is Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to cleanorigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to cleanorigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's cleanorigin.com, code RADIO10.
Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. It is talk back time, and you can call us on the phone 24-7 at 844-52-SHERRY. That's 844-52-SHERRY. Or if you happen to have our free app, you can get it in the Apple Store and Google Play. There's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, the app will do the rest. Hi, guys. I was just listening to the podcast, and Bob was talking about how many marriage proposals women typically reject or turn down. And I've got to say, I've accepted all my marriage proposals, and frankly, I would have done a bit better if I would rejected some. Love you guys. Love the show. Listen to you every day. Only a Bob and Sherry listener could take that you know what's and personalize it in such a beautiful way. You know what's interesting to me about this, and I thought about that after we talked about it um, on the show, I didn't realize people got so many marriage proposals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, like you think, and, and then I thought, well, gosh, you know, what am I doing wrong? Like these, some, some of these people get a half a dozen or more marriage proposals over the course of their life. That didn't surprise you? Uh No. Um, many of the women, many of the women, um, some of the women that I've known over the years have told me, particularly people that I've been involved with have told me, oh yeah, yeah, I was, there's one woman who was proposed to uh, while she was still in high school and planning to go to graduate school by a U.S. Marine. And he was furious when she said, you know, I'm just not ready to get married. I think there's a lot of them that the, the proposals came from somebody uh, who is, or to somebody who is very young. And they went, nah, I don't think I'm ready for that right now. And some cases they haven't sown their wild oats. In some cases, you know, in the case of the person I'm describing, she just was mature enough to say, I'm not grown up enough to get into this right now. I, you know, you, as you go through life, like you try to, you hope that you learn something right about yourself or the world. Like if you could just learn one thing. So if I were 16 and listening to this, I would think, oh, I, I hope, I hope I get a bunch of people that want to marry me. But because I'm listening to this right now, I'm thinking I should be very careful of any man that wants to marry me. That is such a red flag. (laughs) And if you're a man, you should be very careful when you get down on one knee, you know, literally or figuratively, because the most important decision financially that you can make in your life, and I know by saying financially, I take, you know, the the fun out of the whole thing, but it's true. The most important financial thing that you can make in your life is who you marry, because if you're not both on the same page, it's one of the top two reasons people divorce. Because they get in hot water or have just total disagreements on how money should be spent. One of the persons wants to put a new deck on in the back. The other one wants a boat, you know, and you just are butting heads. You've got to be on the same line financially. But that goes so against the whole image of Moon, Spoon, and June, and we're in love, and love conquers all. I know it does, but honestly, with divorces at 51% of marriages, you know, it's time that people really kind of take a close look. And and this is the voice of experience speaking. I've got another talk back. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Sherry. Yeah, I, I want to hear it. 
Good morning, Bob and Sherry. I was one of those who uh, turned down an engagement. Uh, the guy started talking about it, and I knew I didn't feel like he was marriage material. So I kind of broke up with him, and the next week, I had this uh, envelope on my doorstep and a card saying he had planned on giving me this ring, and he put it in a flower pot on my doorstep. Hmm. Tried to give it back. He said, nope, can't take it back. It's tainted. So I waited a little while, and I pawned it. Just, I didn't feel like it worked out. He couldn't take it back because it was tainted? <laughs> that is a man that is a bullet so big that you dodge so well tainted the ring love. is tainted tainted oh my God, no. love Good. <laughs> if he's that way now can you imagine I know I know what an it, odd word to use regarding a piece of jewelry. I know people do use it. It just seems so old-fashioned and icky. Oh, that ring is tainted. No, it's not. It's a rock that was, you know, either grown or found. Listen, that ring wasn't tainted. He stole it or he got it from a family <laughs> member. And he got that ring by some means that he shouldn't have it. And that's why he can't take it back. Do you really think that that, that um, what he said about that ring being tainted is true? Any of you, Max, no, Bob, it, any it, of you? It doesn't. It doesn't ring true for a guy because I think most guys, if they were in that situation, she says, "I just don't want to marry you. Here's your ring back." They are going to try to get some money out of the ring one way or the other. It was not an expensive ring. I'm just telling you, it was not an yeah, expensive ring. That was, you know, that's the other thing. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Just <laughs> when a man uses that, it's taint, your rejection has tainted it. Change your number, block, like delete, and move on. That's a person. Yeah. Get the restraining order. Just get the restraining change, order. Change your name, right. Hey, straight ahead, we check in with the official Bob and Sherry, astrologer to the stars, Charlie King. Looks like it's going to be a good time to be a certain astrological sign born in summer. It's next. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Time to take a look at what the stars have in store for us this week with our very own astrologer, Charlie King. Hey, Charlie, happy Friday. Hi, Charlie. Hi, happy Friday. Yeah. So what sort of a week are we looking at and who's going to be having a particularly good one? Well, life seems to be getting back on track with a really a, a really good astrological track, should I say, with no active retrogrades right now. Um, usually there's some kind of uh, retrograding planet which makes us reevaluate or have to be more patient. But actually between now and April, it's a completely clear path forward wherever work, money, relationships and thinking are involved. So things go smoothly with much better results. And that's for all signs in general. And this in, uninterrupted progress is particularly nice for Cancer and Leo zodiac signs. So if you are Cancer and you've been bogged down by a work situation or you know something that feels beneath you, or something that's just generally out of alignment with future goals, and it's time to explore options. And, you know, you might be drawn to a new experience, a new fitness class, a change of employment, or planning some kind of travel in the not-so-distant future. So, you know, get on that, go forward, and 
enjoy the uninterruption there, laugh at the comedy of life, laugh at the changes. Things have been a, a little bit heavy. Uh, for Leo, um, <laughs> fiery Leo, they have some romantic situation in their orbit right now. Uh, the, these are the types that are naturally drawn to the center stage of life, whether they kind of take it themselves or they're handed to, it's handed to them. But this week it is seriously handed to them through an intensified, passionate, uh, it could be romantic, it could be business, but I'm seeing a passionate amplification of a connection. And, you know, initially this will make you feel vulnerable. A big decision in a relationship will do that. But it helps to remember that you're stabilizing something that you've wanted. And this might even be a dream situation for, for a Leo right now. Just avoid I, overlooking your own needs. I swear, Charlie, my mom and my youngest are both Leos. They have never, for one second, avoided overlooking their needs. I mean, no, no, they've never managed to <laughs> overlook their needs. They, they get their needs. Everything is always a golden time for a Leo. What? How could there be anything better than being a Leo? They're beautiful and charismatic and things go their way. Like, do you ever like open up the charts and look at the stars and go, oh man, it would suck to be a Leo right now? Probably not, right? When does that ever happen? Oh, goodness, no. Le Leo is ruled by the sun. So, you know, to us, you, we can talk about planets all day long and the first one everyone's going to connect with is the sun. So the fact that Leo is ruled by the sun, they are center stage Every day, you know, we wait for the sun to rise. So Leos feel like we wait for them to rise. You know, there's a there's a lot yes. of performance and showmanship, and you know, they they represent fun and brightness and and heat. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Virgo. I, I think we're ruled by uh, collection agencies. Is <laughs> that <are>. possible? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Mercury rules letters, so yeah. There's a uh -huh. there's information stuff there. <laughs> information yeah, exchange. Yeah. Virgo is Virgo is ruled by collection agencies, um, insurance premiums, and piles and piles of tasks no one else wants to do or thinks they should have to do. Yeah. Because Virgo enjoys it so much. And you know that, yeah, Bob. No. You've accepted yeah, that. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Someone has to do what, it. What else, Charlie, before we let you go? What about what else for the weekend as people head in? So for the week ahead, just go for it. This is probably the most open time to go for it, whatever it is, because there really are less and less and less restrictions and challenges. So like a bat out of hell, get out there. All right. You heard it. Even those of you that aren't Leo, because not everybody can be, what are the odds we'd all be born in July? That is astrologer Charlie King. We're going to get that posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook straight ahead. Um, a listener demands us to explain how he can become a professional cuddler. And they say folks don't want to work. Who, who is coming up with this? We've got that next. It's Bob and Sherry. Can you believe this is brought to you by Staples, the working and learning store. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I believe this. Can I believe this. We have a message here from one of our listeners, and he is a man of very few words, which I respect. I'm married to one of those. And so I know that, uh, they like to get right to the point. David Warren DMs us and says, can y'all talk about professional cuddlers? Now, he doesn't ask. Um, there's no specifics. Like, he doesn't say, because I would like to be one or have one. 
Um, he just would like us to talk about professional cuddlers. So, David Warren, thank you for listening to the Bob and Sherry Show. Let's talk about professional cuddlers. Did you know that professional cuddlers, Bob, can make about um, $40,000, $50,000 a year as professional cuddlers? Actually, you and I talked about them uh, maybe a year ago. Um, I forget what the circumstance was. I guess it just popped up in a news feed that this is going on. And it's primarily going on in big cities where people feel alienated. That's the main well, thing I remember from that, outside of the fact uh, that um, I'd rather be a garbage man that services uh, pig farms than a professional cuddler. Well, I think you're crazy because this seems to me like a very um, satisfying and lucrative side hustle. Professional cuddling is a form of therapy, David Warren, that combines platonic touch with listening and companionship. So it's not just a hug. You cuddle and you snuggle and you listen to the person you're cuddling and snuggling talk if that's what they want to do. And as, as they're being cuddled and snuggled, their body is releasing the feel-good hormone called oxytocin. So professional cuddlers, they get special training in the science and art of cuddling because you need, you need to have a trustworthy space. You know, you don't want, you don't want to come in to cuddle someone and then grope them. That would be illegal. You want to cuddle them in a way that they most like to be cuddled. Anyone can become a cuddler according to our research, but only those trained in professional cuddling can charge for it. So how do you become a professional cuddler? Well, David, you can enroll in a professional cuddling training course. Um, you can <laughs> oh, go to God. You can go to Cuddlist <laughs> and Certified <laughs> Cuddlers oh, to get training me. and certification. <laughs> then, and I'm going to post all of this on Facebook for any of my fellow huggers that would like to get paid for it. Um, then you can apply for a job with a cuddling company. And like, for example, Cuddlist, they require that their cuddlers are company trained and certified. Um, Cuddle Comfort is another company that doesn't require any special training or certification. But do you really want to hire a professional cuddler with no licensing, Bob, and no training? Just any I won't have it, Sherry. off the street? No, if I need hugs, I won't have that. I have to have a pro. Now, let's say you're a hugger who's also entrepreneurial. You could start a cuddling service of your own. You're going to need a business plan and you're going to need some marketing. And it says here, don't be afraid to talk to people about what you do. The more you talk about it, the more word will spread. You're going to have to just figure out how to open the conversation where you explain that you're a professional cuddler, because I can imagine that a lot of people thinking of Bob sitting next to you on the plane. As soon as Bob finds out that his seatmate is a professional cuddler, Bob is looking for a way to open the door and go out. Right or wrong? <laughs> Mid-flight. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you, you, you know the uh, endorphins that are released? My endorphins are fight or flight uh, would be released if I'm sitting next to that guy. But let's say I embraced it and I became a professional cuddler, right? And, and this guy is saying, spread the word everywhere you go. So I'm on vacation, right? I'm at Walt Disney World. And I say to Mary, I'm going to go and, and, and join a foursome and play golf. And I'm out with three other guys on the golf course out there. And after a couple of holes, one of the guys says, so, Bob, uh, I'm in the real estate. What do you do? Well, Bill, I'm a professional cuddler. It's going to be a long 16 holes after that.
But don't you think that you won't be any less um, ice, like ostracized for that than when you've told them, well, I'm in radio. You yeah, you're right about some, that. You've got right some crickets that. and deadpan stares after yeah. that, too. Yeah, here, yeah, that's true, too. According to these professional cuddling companies, David, here are the skills you need to become a pro cuddler, a nurturing personality, a love of touch. You have to like touching people and being touched by people, mm. including people you don't really know. Bob's out. You have to be a really good, active listener. And you have to be entrepreneurial because you're going to have to work hard to sell your cuddling services to people that may not realize they should pay for a good professional cuddle. Can I can I jump in here for a second for people who are thinking about doing this? And I'm not I'm not pointing the finger at anyone here, but the most important thing I think to be a professional cuddler is not spreading the word. It's not wanting to uh, you know embrace people that you don't even know. Uh, and feel comfortable, it's that you cannot give off a creepy or awkward vibe. Either one. If you're awkward and you're going for the cuddle, but it's awkward, forget about it. And if you're creepy, don't even think about it. Especially, well, no, either sex. Do the creepy know they're creepy? Sometimes I don't think the creepy know they're creepy. I think they do know they're creepy, and they 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 go that that's just the way I am. I'm and I'm not changing. But that's an interesting question. I feel like the very creepiest of the creepy don't mm-hmm. know they're creepy. I think there's a spectrum, right? On the mild end of creepy, they don't know they're creepy, and on the extreme end of, you know, driving around in the windowless white van, they don't know they're creepy. It's the middle that know that they have to be careful. Because those middle people have been told by others, oh my God, that's weird, stop. So they're sensitive to it. So you're, let me ask you this. Uh, at the old station, you know, you know the two I'm talking about. Did either one of those guys know that they were creepy? Because they were both creepy. No, no. They did both, not of know. Those, both of those guys thought they were sex on the hoof. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really think so? No, oh, I know how? so because one of them followed Unaware. me into the freaking ladies' room. Well, he was I drunk. I know but... so. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. mean. Sure, <laughs> I didn't mean that as an insult. I meant that as he was I didn't. Drunk. Oh, I didn't take it as one. Listen, Bob, I spent way more time one on one with both of them. They had yeah. no idea they were creepy. I'll be doggone. Zero. Boy, I saw it a mile notion. away, and I'm a guy. All right. Well, there you go. We're gonna post, uh, we're gonna... Job opportunities. Yep, and we're going to post this up so that you can become a professional cuddler. David Warren, I hope that answered your question. Bob and Sherry <laughs> listeners, we are always here to help. You just reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, bobandsherry.com, or download our free app, tap the microphone and talk, send us a message. We are here to serve you one at a time. It's Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back, talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, if you just came aboard, you just missed us talking about uh, professional cuddlers. One of our listeners said, is there such a thing? He was uh, interested possibly in becoming a professional cuddler. And lo and behold, Sherry looked it up and there's a whole uh, training session you can evidently go through and be a professional cuddler. And I said, you know, what about people who are kind of creepy or awkward? I don't think they do well. And we agreed. And then we were talking about, do 
do the creepy really know that they're creepy? And I think the feeling was, according to Lee Sherry's observation, I think as a woman she gets it more, they don't realize it. They don't realize it at all. Only Can you imagine? Go ahead. Only the ones on the extremes. Yeah. The people in the middle who are mildly creepy, they know. They've had to they've learned to be careful. It's the ones that want to put you in their cargo van and keep you in their attic. I don't I don't, don't see that. Creepy. I don't see it that far. I just here's what I picture. Right? A woman calls and she says, "You know, I'm I'm so I'm so lonely. I don't have anybody in my life. I'm going to I'm going to call for this hugging service." Hello there. I'm Joe from the Hugging Service. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, you're the cutest little thing I've ever seen. Oh my God, can you not see some problems with that? When somebody figures out he's creepy, but he figures out that this is a possibility to get paid, and but he maybe get- figures, he figured. Listen to this. He figures a lot of people are so polite. That when he shows up and he's got that sweaty forehead and all, they don't want to say, well, this is not what I had in mind. And they let you come in. Let me give you a little hug right here. Put both arms around you, darling. He'll only get one gig. And then his Yelp reviews. Yeah, that's true, too. His reviews on Cuddleist.com. You better, that dude better get all of his creepy satisfaction that first time out because he ain't working twice. You know what the dude's going to say? What? Well, if they're not alive, they can't leave a bad review. <laughs> you know, that's, <laughs> that is a that's terrible dark. thing to I hang like on it. to creepy. I, I don't want to be around the creepy. You can't say they're all that way. That's, no am I defending the creepy? <laughs> am I actually defending creepy? You are. Somebody has to. Why does it have to be me? How did I get into this situation here today? It's Bob and Sherry. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Back in the summer, we talked about this um, private island in Maine that was for sale. It is an acre and a half, tons and tons of wildlife. It's completely rustic. It has no services at all. But the owner of the private island, it's called Duck Ledge, Duck Ledges. He said that the only way I'll sell it is if the buyer is willing to spend a night there by himself. And so a woman from New Jersey said, hold my beer, and bought it. Her name is Charlotte Gale, and she has bought the island. Um, she said that um, she is not at all afraid to stay alone on that island, and not just for one night. That's the whole reason that she bought it. The owner of the, of the land said that it, even though it's completely inhospitable, these are his words, for man or beast between October and May, because of the terrible storms in the Atlantic in the wintertime mm-hmm. off the coast of Maine. Mm-hmm. He said it still needs a special owner because it's completely unspoiled and 
there's all these animals out there and it's really beautiful and I need somebody who's going to be not just an owner of duck ledges, but a steward of duck ledges. Meanwhile, main main zone Stephen King, we all know Stephen King, right? Said that Live, lives in Bangor. A, this is a novel just waiting to be written. There's a tiny cottage on this island That's that true. is 20 feet from the water's edge. She's a massage therapist, so it's not like she's you know some big wilderness person. But she said that one night she couldn't sleep and she was daydreaming about buying a house in Maine. She's daydreamed of living in Maine ever since she visited a friend in Kennebunk when she was a teenager. Maine just gets it under your skin. And once Maine gets a hold of you, it never lets go. You know that better than anybody. It's true. Yeah, it's true. So she has spent years daydreaming about buying a house in Maine. So one night she can't sleep and she's online scrolling Maine real estate listings. And she said, for some reason, that little island spoke to me. So I scheduled the mandatory one night. Not long afterward, she was waiting on a dock to be picked up by the owner of the island, who personally boated her over to Duck Ledges for her test. And it was on that boat ride that the owner said, I started to think that maybe she was the one. Everyone else that came had all this suitcases and gear and stuff. She showed up with only a backpack. And it was a waterproof backpack. And the owner of the island said, it was like she understood that the island doesn't really need you to bring very much to it. So he dropped her off at the island and they left and waved goodbye. And she spent the night alone on the island and came back and he picked her up the next day. And the cottage, oh my gosh, the cottage is so cute on the inside. It's your main fantasy come to life. So when he picked her up the next day, he said to her, were you lonely? And she said, if you truly love yourself, you're never alone. And so even though he'd gotten more than 300 offers way above asking price, he sold it to her because he knew good, that good she was him. the person who was meant to have it. What was and the name of the island again? What was the name Duck of Duck Ledges. After they closed the sale, he was in tears because it was so hard to let it go. And the new buyer took his hand and said, this is a marriage. You didn't lose the island. You're always welcome and you've gained a family friend. So when she took ownership back in July, she spent four nights in a row there, which is more than the original owner had done in like 10 years. There's mm -hmm. no heat. There's no running water. There's no indoor toilet. There's only a little outhouse. But she said, I made it work. I took a camp stove, a portable toilet. The first night I was there, I boiled some water, took a hot bath and watched the sunset. And she loves it. The locals have already accepted her. naturalists. Yeah, they're yeah. naturalists and they can roll with that. They've already accepted her. And she said that the cottage is sturdy, even in the wind. You know, it, it absolutely stands up Good. against the weather. And yeah. so now that little uninhabited island in Maine has a brand new caretaker. She does not mind being alone, which reminds me of a quote. I, I can't remember who said it. But um, it was a person who was traveling and eating alone, dinner alone, either on a cruise ship or on a train or, or whatever. And people would frequently go over to this person and say, would you like to join us? I see that you're alone there. And finally, the person said, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. But uh, just because I'm alone doesn't mean I'm lonely. And I thought that was a really cool 
yeah. comment. You know, I, I, it's, a, it's not snarky, but it would be a little bit in the face of the person you're saying it to. But if you just take it by itself, just because I'm alone does not mean that I'm lonely. And she's one of those people. It's not much, everybody is. It's much better than, I just don't like people go away. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm home is. alone about once every three years. And the last time it happened, one of my friends said to me, hey, you want some company? And I was like, yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Bob and Shay. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. You know how foods um, will have names that don't really have anything to do with their ingredients? Like, for example, deviled eggs have nothing to do with Satan, as best I can tell, right? right? Devil's food cake, again, not a satanic thing. Red velvet cake, there's no red velvet in there. Bird's nest soup, I assumed, had nothing to do with a bird's nest. That's a dirty lie. Bird's nest soup has bird saliva in it, and that's partly why it's so Ah! expensive. In all of your travels, Bob, have you ever had bird's nest soup like when you were doing sure the there were show? some there were some hotels i would not check into if their uh, restaurant did not have that on the menu <laughs> i demand the very best and that to me has always been moisture from a bird's mouth i i crave it so so listen to what i guess i just thought you know I, I have bird's no nest soup i thought maybe it yeah. had some chicken broth in it or uh, yeah, chicken broth, and maybe there's some sort of crumbly things that look like a nest or something, right? So apparently, bird's nest soup is um, like a, a really um, ancient and famous and expensive Chinese delicacy, um, and you need an actual bird's nest. So you get the bird's nest, mm. and you have to soak it overnight in cold water, and then you clean it of all its impurities which means that if if it still looks like it's got some bird droppings or what in it, you have to clean it again and boil it for like 10 minutes. Then you drain it and rinse it again with cool water. Then you add the bird's nest to a pot with some other ingredients and you cook it for um, anywhere from 30 minutes to a couple of hours. Wait, I'm, I'm totally s- confused. You, you must stop with the ingredients here so that I get this straight. Yeah. The next time. There's I'm, an actual bird's nest, yeah. In there. I, I, yeah. I can get this. I thought it was like, wasn't it something saliva from the birds? Beak? Well, that, you know, how Bob, that's how they, they make the nest hold together, right? Okay. So they, the saliva is still somehow there from well, their building the nest. Yeah, yeah. Um, these are, they get special nests, okay? They're not just like going up under your porch and snagging one. They get these nests that are built by birds called swiftlets, and the birds build these nests in the sides of caves, and it takes about a month for the mm-hmm. swiftlet to build the nest. And so they wait till the swiftlet, this very special bird in this very special cave, they wait 30 days, and then they take the nest and that's and ruin what they the bird's life. They ruin the bird's life. The bird is going, where the hell's a cave around here? There's not that many caves. <laughs> but that's evidently what I gotta get. I gotta get a cave. <laughs> they, <laughs> the bird finds the cave, and then he's going out there and he's getting sticks and you know, bringing and that stick didn't work. I get another stick and he builds the thing up. And then some AH comes by and just takes it from him. This is sadder than the first 10 minutes of up. 
listen, this is how you know the universe has a sense of humor. Who would have guessed that a tiny bird in a cave in China had that much in common with a divorced American man? <laughs> That's very true. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> One minute it was here, the right. next minute it's gone. The next minute you're just left with your own saliva. You can actually buy a bag of these special nests. Like the bag is $100 and up just to get it. Because you want to have, according to this recipe, you want to have a very clean, high mm -hmm. quality bird's nest. I so would you don't that. want the blackish nest that's up near the top. That's very low quality, plus it has a lot of feathers. And, the, and a spongy nest in the middle. Um, doesn't have the same like delicacy of the mm -hmm. special cave nest. I just assumed on one of your PM magazine shows you tried bird's nest soup. I it sounds like something you would do, yeah. doesn't it? Hi, everybody, and welcome to PM magazine. I'm Bob Lacey here in Hong Kong. Well, you'll never guess what I'm eating right now. Everything that has been regurgitated from a bird into this nest. Now, I think it's a little dry myself. <laughs> Maybe they overdid it a little bit, but let's just jump in and see what a bird's nest tastes like. That's such a you. How did you miss it? That is such I a know. you on PM Magazine thing. I was, and by I was the way, in Hong Kong. I could have found it, I guess. Bob would eat bird's nest soup on television, but that's the only time he would eat bird's nest soup. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. I've, I've eaten insects on television. Uh, all sorts of strange seafood, you know, but uh, not not bird's nest time. soup. Oh, not to have a chance to do soup. it all Th over this again. is this is really interesting. I thought bird's nest soup just described what it looked like. I yep. had no idea it was actually a damn Same. nest. That's amazing. Same. It is yeah. an expensive delicacy, and now you see why we're stalking these poor little critters in some cave and snatching yeah. their homes out from under them every 30 it's days. It's not right. I'm, I'm anti-bird's nest soup. I'm going to tell you right now. The bird's building it not just for himself or, or, or herself, their it's for their family. children. And this comes by and takes the nest away, takes his home away. Eats their home. Eats the baby's home. We're like giant monsters. They're animals. It's, it's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Here's uh, Jesse, Jesse. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Hi. So your husband is a policeman, huh? Yes, he is. Yeah. What He's happened? A what happened with officer? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I know how scary and um, just vicious raccoons are. After our trip to Gatlinburg um, last year, uh -huh. we. There's a there's a sign at the cabin that says don't put your trash outside. Well, my husband was like, oh, it'll be fine. So all of a sudden we hear like this loud banging and we look outside and this raccoon has knocked over and pulled the top off of one of these like super duper rubber made trash cans and we yeah. were like, how did he do that? Because they're monsters. So my, Go ahead. Right, exactly. So my husband goes out and um, his friend Jerry goes out, puts it back up, and within seconds, like they run back in close the door, here's the raccoon again, and it jumps up, pulls the lid off of it. To make a long story short, this raccoon was ferocious. My husband and Jerry went outside to confront the raccoon, to shoot it off. It sat back, put its his fist up <gasps> like he was going to attack them, and we were like, no way is yes. this happening. Yes. Then, my so it comes charging at my husband <gasps> and Jerry, 
they run in screaming like girls into the cabin. The, they slam the door. It has a glass front. And the raccoon is just standing there like, what you going to do now? <laughs> so, and they're sitting there and they're like, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? So they find a broom and they're like, we're going to hit it with a broom. They stick the broom out through a crack in the door and they're like waving it, trying to hit the raccoon. The raccoon grabs the end of the handle and pulls the broom out. <laughs> they're just like, oh, the raccoon no, was God. kicking a policeman and a construction guy's butt. Do you now see? That's you not, see what I? You see what I? That did? is the Walker, Texas Ranger of raccoons. <laughs> that and was crazy. Yeah. And so my husband in law enforcement, he's like, now he's armed and dangerous. You know. So what do we do? So they start grabbing canned food and they they're throwing it at him. And the whole, and every time they throw it, they're screaming like, ah, such girls. And my, my best friend and I were laughing so hard at them. And my daughter was like, this is awesome. And now, now, did your husband, did your husband have his gun with him? No, he didn't. Because he could have fired a shot over the raccoon's head or something like that, you know? You know, I honestly think as crazy as this raccoon was, it, it probably had a ballistics vest on. <laughs> raccoon would have caught the bullet like yeah. in the Matrix. And spit it back. That's what they do. Yep. It, it was insane. And I so think Sherry, that, with this story, Sherry is getting more and more respect for me in the way I handled the situation. <laughs> I handled it stealth-like. Well, that's why I'm, I'm, I had to call and tell you all this story because raccoons are crazy. They're crazy. They're, They're crazy. nuts. So, Bob, you did the right thing. How did the you. How did the cop versus raccoon standoff finally end? Well, the raccoon brought friends. More came? Yeah, he, he, he got back up. And so my, my husband <laughs> and Jerry just were like, okay, as long as there, there are no bears, then we're good. And I would, I, I'm so freaked out that that raccoon chased them inside and grabbed the broom. No, I like that it reared back on its haunches and put yeah. up its fist. Yeah. And we actually have a picture of the raccoon with its fist up. That I'm gonna um, send in to you all. Do we'll Please. post it up on our on our Facebook and on our website. Can you do that today, Jesse? We're gonna I put will. you on hold. Zach's gonna give you a prize and an address to send that picture to. Okay? Yeah, I want to show it to my wife to to uh, to show her how I saved uh, the. He'll fam- act like he'll act like your raccoon was his raccoon, though. You watch. It, it, it very you were thinking been. that, weren't you? You were plotting. No, I wasn't. You were. I no, can I tell wasn't. by your face. Let me tell you why. I my wife. My face. wife knows that I. You know, sometimes I make the movie start. Sometimes the picture starts. No, on the she knows you can't just, really work. I've never it. had a good shot. Hang on, Jesse. Hang on. Oh wow, that's funny. You see that? You owe me an apology because they can be vicious. That thing put his dukes up. Yeah, but yours didn't. Yours was eating meatloaf. Who was it? Whose husband was in the air? The airborne Suzanne, who said your raccoon was eating meatloaf. She dished you hard on that <laughs> no, raccoon. She did. But he was she afraid did. of no bugs. Respect. I was, af- you know, I'll tell you what I was afraid of. I was afraid of uh, getting bitten, and and the thing is rabbit. Right? And you get, and you have to get rabies shots. Yeah, I have to get a rabies shot. Well, I am good. totally on your side with that. If you, I my came friend. upon that, thank you. They have, they have fang-like little teeth, and they have claws razor, on their razor-like hands, claws. And, and they That's might be exactly rabbit. Right. I'm with him. Thank I would have been. Thank you I very, very much. I would have done the same thing. And I let the thing go. You know. Do you know the animals in your neighborhood talk behind your back. They're like, yeah, the house with the lighthouse. Oh yeah, he plants salad out front. They put meatloaf in the can out back. It's amazing. You know, it's true. There's coyote urine by the front door. It's a party. <laughs> You're right. I got to buy the deer, the coyote, and the raccoons a college education. Yeah, it's, the only thing, it's the only thing I haven't given them. It's a, a, po- a possum's going to show up needing help with its visa bill. You I watch. Know, yeah.
Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. I saw the neatest thing online about school buses. So America's the only country in the world with yellow school buses. But American movies and television are global phenomenon. So people in other countries are fascinated by the idea that American children get on these yellow buses and go to school. And sometimes people right? from, yeah, other countries will say to you, is that real? Yeah. Like, did yeah, you really yeah. ride a bright yellow school bus to school? And How of course the that? answer is, I think for maybe not all of us, you know, if maybe you got to walk to school or your parents drove you or whatever. But I think pretty much most of us have at one time or another ridden a bright yellow school bus. That's the sort of thing that you never think about, right? You don't. As being so uniquely American. Um, one of the other things in this article that I was reading that's also uniquely American, apparently, are really big coffees. Like, for example, the smallest coffee at Starbucks, which is the tall 12 ounces, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is considered an insane bucket of coffee almost everywhere else. <laughs> you know, I bet that's true. I bet that's, I, and I think um, those giant drinks you can get at a convenience store. I think if you show up in the United States and you're on a highway and you pull into a convenience store and get one of those icy drinks in the extra large garbage pail size uh, drink, I think that must blow people's minds. Like It's like a family size serving in a lot oh, of parts of the world. Mary, um, Mary uh, saw a, uh, a video from a friend of hers, sister, who uh, moved to New Zealand and she came back to visit in, I think, Columbia, South Carolina. She went into the supermarket and rolled video going, look at all the different type of donuts we have. Look at all the different types of pasta we have. Look, this is just a chip area, right? Look at that. There's hundreds of bags of chips you can choose. We don't realize that our supermarkets are nothing like the more mom and pop oh. places. I mean, some of them are chains, but they don't. I went into I went into a supermarket the other day that I don't usually go to. I'm not exaggerating. It was about the size of a football field. So uh, I get everything that you're uh, that you're alluding to right there. This is Bob it's and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening. Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10.